Welcome to Beyond the Fear, a space for rebels and dreamers, healers and soul seekers, light workers and rule breakers, artists and creators who are ready to break free from fear and live a life that turns them on. Hey, I'm Nadine Zomot, and in my early 20s, I broke free from an oppressive culture in the Middle East that was suffocating my free spirit and denying me the ability to follow my intuition. I now embrace a life that exceeds my wildest imagination, and my mission is to guide you to do the same. My unique method brings together practical aspects of money coaching, energetics, trauma and nervous system healing, spirituality and inner child work, And as a result, my clients are now able to follow their desires and tap into the richness of life, elevating not just themselves, but also their communities. This podcast is about integrating and healing our shadow parts to amplify our essence and live life guided by our intuition. My guests and I will be sharing our stories and wisdom to help guide you to embracing and living life passionately. Because there's nothing sexier in life than a person who embraces their authentic power. The world needs you to show up as you, in your power, in your authenticity, your imperfections, your rebellion, and in your truth. Because if this little girl from Jordan can do it, so can you. So now, what about you? What's waiting for you beyond the fear? Welcome back to Beyond the Fear. Today, um, let's talk about let's talk about 2022 and how sometimes we start the year with all these intentions, and the year doesn't go exactly as planned. But the universe has other surprises in store for you. So let me just backpedal for a little bit. Ever since 2015, when what I could only describe as I had a spiritual awakening, parts of my life felt really flowy, but I also felt like there was this really deep sadness that was inside of me that I was too scared to tap into because I was afraid that it was going to eat me. Honestly, have you ever felt like that? So in 2015, I went to New Orleans for a trip, but a few days after I came back to Melbourne, I was living in Melbourne, Australia at the time, Spirit urged me to go back to New Orleans and it felt imperative that I needed to be there by end of April 2016. I share a fair bit about this in previous episodes and I will be also in future episodes as to why this date mattered and all the things that were involved in this. Anyway, the trip back to New Orleans was life-changing, many different levels. My life took off from there, but so I was very happy because I listened to my gut and I went ahead and did everything um, and it felt very flowy. So everything on the outside was really good, but something on the inside didn't feel right. Like if I stayed still and quiet long enough, or if I were to get too tipsy or somehow lose control of myself, I would dip into this bottomless abyss. And I wasn't ready to do that. Like I said earlier, I had a feeling that it was going to eat me if I were to just like dip my toe in there. 
At the time, I thought it was because I missed my friends in Melbourne. My Melbourne friends are, they're like my carefully curated and handpicked family members. And Melbourne itself was home for me because for me, home is acceptance. And Melbourne accepted me and I wasn't required to change anything about myself when I moved here 18 or 19 years ago. After New Orleans, we after we spent three years in New Orleans, me and my husband and our doggy, Arby. Sorry, Arby, she doesn't really like to be called dog. She's more of a rabbit, <laughs> like a bunny. So <laughs> me, Tommy and Arby, we moved from New Orleans to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I was still haunted by this inexplicable sadness. Tommy decided after a few months of being in New Mexico, he made the decision that it was time for the three of us to move to Melbourne because he wanted me to be close to my friends. He wanted to see me happy. That was a few months before the pandemic. Even though I had this gut feeling that moving to Melbourne was not the right thing to do, I overrode this feeling because it was inexplicable like why wouldn't I not want to move to Melbourne but I just had this gut feeling that we shouldn't do it I overrode it and we started on Tommy's partner visa paperwork and Arby's paperwork P.S. if you're ever thinking about moving your pet to Australia get ready because it's it's a it's a really long process the entire process was actually complicated so Tommy's partner visa Arby's paperwork and then moving the furniture and buying plane tickets and all the tickets were being cancelled and people were required to quarantine in quarantine hotels for two weeks at the time upon entering Australia. The whole thing was very, very complicated and very stressful. On top of all this, Australia loves paperwork and bureaucracy. So, you know, like having the world being flipped over its head in, in 2020, 20 and 21 it complicated things even more it added a few more dollars more thousands of dollars actually to the overall move but by some wild crazy miracle we made it to Melbourne in November 2021 and we got settled in our new lovely home everything was perfect and all we wanted for 2022 was peacefulness I sat together with Tommy and I was like what's the theme for 2022 and he looked at me funny but he was like okay let's just I really want peace and I said let's just say peacefulness that was our word for the year peacefulness but 2022 was actually turned out to be quite awful so let's backpedal again for <laughs> just back to 2021 a few weeks before we moved to Australia my husband lost his father and a few days right before we moved to Australia, he lost his sister. Tommy was in absolute state of shock and grief. And personally, I also hit rock bottom and found myself in that abyss that I have been trying so hard to avoid for all these years. So peacefulness was not the energetic signature of 2022. It was actually grief. And I don't know if it's because I'm Jordanian or because of my own personal upbringing. I don't like to generalize. I never learned how to grieve. So when we would lose someone in, back home or if um, I don't even know what back home is anymore, back in Jordan, when we would lose someone or if somebody were to get like gravely ill, we just 
tiptoed around the subject. We never really talked about death. And we would always say like, God forbid, or like things like, you know, like it's like the worst thing ever. It's a fact of life. And we never knew how to grieve properly in funerals in Jordan and in uh, what's it called? Like uh, um, when we, you know, the, the three days after the funeral or whatever, people actually would hire mourners like these women that would come and cry and make like a, an atmosphere of grief because we just don't know how to express grief. Anyway, um, for me, it was a combination of feeling Tommy's grief and wanting to support him and the realization that I should have listened to my gut, that being in Australia was not the best decision for us. Um, And also my all-time favorite singer, Mark Lanigan, um, he passed away in February 2022, and it was really, really hard because I love him so much. But I was too ashamed to even feel sad about his loss or to grieve him because I didn't personally personally know him. And I was, you know, living with Tommy who has lost half of his family and I felt shame for grieving Mark Lanigan. Um, and, you know, also being in a place that I love, that I consider home, but it just didn't feel right. And what my, I don't know if it's because I was also close to my, like, physically close, geographically close with my best friends. And I started working with a coach who is very trauma informed that I felt very, very safe with. All of my innermost, darkest childhood wounds came out of the shadows. So your wounds, they won't come out of the shadows until you feel safe on both the conscious and the subconscious levels. I've worked with coaches and mentors before and therapists, and I'm not saying anything wrong about them. But with this particular coach, I felt the safest I had ever been um, because it was both like on a conscious and a non-conscious level. But also, like I said, the combination of my husband being in grief, being in a place I didn't want to be in, um, losing Lanigan. Um, I used to go and see Mark Lanigan live a lot. So like, he's just part of my life. I've got like Lanigan tattoo on my finger. Lanigan is life. So like, it's a combination of all that. And also um, being an entrepreneur really kind of triggered all this stuff together. So like I was saying, like your innermost childhood wounds won't come out of the shadows until you feel safe and it will come out okay and it was my abandonment wound and it was so 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 painful I then realized that humans as humans we would do anything and everything just to avoid feeling our core wound and I would bet that 80% of your spending is a subconscious attempt to avoid or to numb the pain of your core wound. Tommy was grieving his sister throughout this year and his dad. He was closer to his sister. And I was grieving my childhood. Memories that I buried deep, deep down, they came crashing out. The pain I was feeling at at certain points felt like death like I didn't even know how I was going to survive this obviously my body like physically I was in a safe space I was at home and you know with Tommy and Arby and it was like nice and all that but inside of me it was like hell because my trauma was activated 
And here's the real raw gruesome truth. Many things in life can trigger our childhood trauma. Our trauma can be reactivated by entering a secure relationship with a partner, for example. It could be activated through a money-related situation or even through starting a business. When I first got together with Tommy um, a few years ago, six years ago now, seven years ago, my attachment, my anxious attachment wounds were running the show. My trauma was telling me that Tommy was not safe because my trauma was activated. So like I was starting to believe that Tommy is not safe. However, luckily I knew better because he was, he is the sweetest person ever. And I was aware of that. So I was like, cool, this is an opportunity to lean in and start healing. I found a therapist at the time. She was very helpful and supportive, but she didn't really tell me much about attachment wounds. Um, It was years later that I kind of analyzed and understood what was actually happening when Tommy and I first got together. Anyway, so in general, money, relationships, your business, anything really can reactivate your trauma, but it's not actually the culprit. Um, These triggers, you know, like money, relationships, business, whatever, these are triggers and they are not the bad thing. They can be fertile grounds for healing. That is why I don't believe that money is bad. P.S., Go back and listen to this second episode that is called What the Fuck is Money to learn about how you can lean into the sticky energy of money to heal your wounds as a spiritual creative. Anyway, so I was saying that a few years ago, it was my new relationship that triggered my trauma. And at this point, back to 2022, it was being an entrepreneur in the early stages of entrepreneurship that kind of reactivated or reignited my abandonment wound. So not making ridiculous amount of money right away made me feel abandoned because money was a love language back at home when I was a child. Seeing everyone posting about their money wins and making 10K in a a month or 30K in a month and all these like whatever, um, uh, you know, things that we were made to believe that are the makings of a successful business person, they made me feel so alone. I felt like everybody was successful and I didn't belong to the cool club. These weren't conscious thoughts, by the way. They were not something that I would sit and think about or ruminate about. They were right there at the surface, making me feel that unease, like something within me was about to explode. The worst part was that my business was actually doing all right. It was doing well. But my trauma, it kind of blocked me or blinded me from seeing how good I was doing and celebrating myself. So that's been our 2022. (laughs) The funny thing is that the peacefulness that we were craving after our crazy move, it came. It came. Like now it's what? end of December and we're sitting out in the yard enjoying the sun because it's summer here in Melbourne but it came in not the the way that we expected it to come it came after months upon months of emotional turmoil of grief of like feeling like we're gonna die and of trauma healing 
I now feel peacefulness because I no longer am tiptoeing around that abyss that I just felt was going to eat me. I, you know, I went into the abyss and I came out on the other side of it safe and sound. And I'm no longer afraid because now I know that I can hold myself and hold space for myself and carry myself through if I were to ever fall back in or if any of my other fragmented shadow parts wanted to come through to the light to be healed and integrated. I have this much more self-trust in myself. So we are happy to say that finally we are enjoying the internal peace that we were craving a year ago but it didn't come in the same way that in the way that we expected i also found out by sheer accident this year that i am a channel i am going to be sharing more openly about this in later episodes and this is the first time i say this in public so uh, so it's a Massive revelation, and it came as the biggest, most awesome surprise that, and I wouldn't have found out about it had we not moved to Melbourne. So, alrighty, what about you? How did you go this year? Or actually, let's rephrase this: How did you grow this year? What moments and learnings are worth loving and celebrating, even though they weren't your most glamorous moments? Feel free to send me a DM and uh, let me know and let's have a chat about your year because, you know, there's so much emphasis on like the intention and the word of the year and all of that. But let's look at our year that passed, the months that passed in a more realistic lens and celebrate the parts that weren't so glamorous and, uh, you know, like Insta worthy and, you know, they're as important for our growth. Anyway, my dears, I wish you a lovely and safe holiday season, and I look forward to seeing you next year. If you love this podcast, it would be of great help if you were to leave a five-star review and actually write a few words, a few nice words, because it would really help boost my podcast. Okie dokie, I look forward to seeing you next year, sending you lots of hugs and kisses. Stay safe.